Hello and welcome to From My Home to Yours, episode four. I'm, I'm Bernadine. I'm Matt. <laughs> we interrupt each other. <laughs> but we're a married couple, so that's what married couples do. <laughs> but if we equally put a, ourselves first, each other first, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> you always put me first, Matt. You're just very good like that. Yeah. But anyway. You're a gentleman. Podcast. A kind and a gentleman. Stop with compliments. Stop it. Stop, Stop it right now. For. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. It's really great to have you with us again for another week and a bit more progress on our move. We're getting closer ever again. Yeah. This time, what is it, eight days now? Yes. Yes. Eight days until we're flying, which is hectic, but yeah, wonderful. Like it's. It's all happening as it's sh- as it should. Please God, everything's going the way that it should. Speaking of things that are working out or putting a bit of work in, we are hearing a lot from you all. So what we'll probably start doing from now on is having a regular segment at the start of each episode, just giving a couple of shout outs and recognizing you all for listening. And when we see a message from you, you'll probably get a shout out at the start of the show. And we've noticed that people are tuning in from literally around the world, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing. There's a way to see where all the listens come from. That's something if you haven't run a podcast before, uh, the host where we keep the audio files, it also tracks a lot of the information, not for privacy concerns, of course, we don't get that much, but we can see where those downloads are coming from. And from countries like Peru, Netherlands popped in there, I think. Poland, we have a single listener in Poland. Yep. Hello and welcome Poland to the podcast. <laughs> Keep listening. But yeah, so what we'd really like to do is is recognize some of you that have sent us some messages on the Instagram, uh, FMHTY podcast, maybe a few other places in the future, but you can find the podcast, you can find us on Instagram as well. Absolutely. So we're going to start with some shout outs for some people who are near and dear to both of our hearts, but particularly dear to mine, as I've spent a lot of time with them in the last couple of years. And um, so we want to shout out Alison and Kay, Di and Linnell, Annie and Maddie and Sarah and Tanya, who have been incredibly supportive of the podcast and of us as a couple making this move. Beautiful people. And we really appreciate you all. And want to shout out Catherine McEll at home, who is a friend who is near and dear to my heart. And uh, one of her very famous phrases crosses my lips very regularly. And that phrase is now is all we have. And I feel like with this podcast and with this move, it's very much that idea. Now is all we have. And we also want to shout out Sandra in Sydney and Sandra in the UK Sandra's very near and dear to my heart. Both have gotten in touch and said how much they're enjoying the podcast. And we really appreciate your support. So thank you, Sandra Sydney and Sandra UK. And I had a couple as well that are from my circles. Um, Bob, who was a a colleague at my workplace, soon to be uh, not my workplace. uh, He got in touch and mentioned that he was keen to listen because he's from Ireland. He he moved away from Dublin with his, his Australian wife a little while ago, is really keen to get back there. So, Bob, it's great to have you listening to the podcast. We hope you like it. And um, David, who's a family friend and also a podcaster, he is one half of the Auto Retro podcast, uh, which you definitely should go and listen to if you want to hear stories about 
people's experiences with cars throughout their lives. Uh, they're all Australian, if that's your thing as well. But uh, him as, a, as one of the hosts, he's just a very charismatic and energetic guy. And has the most soothing and beautiful voice you could ever listen to, besides Matthew's voice, of course. Well, both of our voices. Pretty good. Podcasters of a feather, flat together. <laughs> New saying, we're going to make it ours. Love that. Podcasters of a feather, flap together. That's, that's out there now. That's a thing. People are going to be saying it. Definitely not a reference to the flap I was in not 10 minutes ago when <laughs> we tried to record this once and the, the recording failed. So, <laughs> If you saw Matt in a flap, you would not know that he was in a flap because this man is the coolest cucumber you've ever seen in your life. He's just so cool and calm. And he was like, oh, that's what it is. And the problem was solved in like literally 60 seconds. You're totes amazed. Well, what can I say? Hashtag blessed. <laughs> the other person that we want to shout out is Vanessa, our friend Vanessa, our dear friend Vanessa, who contacted me to let me know how much a trapeze artist would make. And I'm very sad to say it is not going to be a sufficient amount to change profession at this point in my life. Sorry, Matt, it's not going to happen. That's a shame. It is a shame. How much, how much do they actually make? Somewhere in the $20,000 region which is just not going to be enough. And it's in dollars as well. So put that into euros. And yeah, we're just, we're not living off baked beans for the rest of our lives just because I need to fulfill my trapeze artistry dream. Well, maybe when you retire, we can have a look at that as a part-time gig. I love that. So in my 60s to take up trapeze artistry, I mean, that's when I'm at my most flexible, literally, literally the most flexible I could ever be. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Let's build up towards that one. Uh, we also want to shout out Una, who is a very entrepreneurial spirit and who has begun a new Facebook group. So where we make a lot of references to Irish expats returning to Ireland Facebook group, which is an excellent resource for anybody looking to make the move from any part of the world. Um, but Una has started up a Facebook group for a different viewpoint on returning to Ireland. And the group is called Another Way of Returning to Ireland. And it primarily focuses on single people, couples who do not have children, or those who are returning home, but don't necessarily want to return home for family reasons. They just want to be in Ireland. And through this group, Una is looking to make connections with people and have people make connections with each other who are in that kind of similar boat. They're, they're either single they are married but do not have children or they're just looking to make new connections in Ireland. So well done, Una. And um, we're looking forward to uh, being involved, hopefully, with some of the activities that you set up in Ireland when we get there. Yeah. And if any of you are interested, check the show notes. We'll make sure that there's a link to that group in there as well. Absolutely. But thank you so much to everybody who has been listening and who has been supporting. And uh, I think myself and Matt want to give a particular shout out just to a very dear friend who has been incredibly helpful and accommodating and literally at our right hand whenever we need her. And that's Yasmin. I don't mm -hmm. know how we could be this far in our move without her. She's literally superwoman. She's an amazing friend and she's just so good to both of us. So thank you, yeah. Yazzy. We love you. You do so much and it's not gone unnoticed, we promise. That's a brilliant segue to talk about the current state of things in terms of what we've been up to today. Now, admittedly, this is a week on 
from when you're listening to this right now, but um, we are about eight days away from the move. And with that, we've needed to work pretty hard to start clearing the house out and get things ready for storage. Now, the segue hint there is that Yasmin's been a big help, either accommodating what we've had to shuffle around or taking on things herself, which has been brilliant and a big help. She's wonderful. But Mm. literally before we sat down to record, our two couches went out the door to some very delighted students who were looking for some bits and pieces that they could have for a new home. They've moved from overseas and they literally have nothing. And we were delighted to be able to gift them some things that we had loved and enjoyed, but they were ready for a new life someplace else. And Mm. they came with a van and we loaded it up in seconds and they were just thrilled. So it's lovely to be able to, to give things away and to know that the people who are taking those things are just super grateful and delighted to have them and that it's taking kind of worry away from us and giving joy to them, which is awesome. Mm. But it's, um, there's a lot of times where you think about getting rid of this stuff and you kind of want to make back as much money as you can. But uh, I think on the last episode, we talked a bit about it, that the way that we're approaching it really is to make it as convenient as possible for us, which sometimes means you can sell it for money. Sometimes it's just finding those that need it and giving it away instead. So a lot of our stuff has been going to charity shops, to people who are just keen to take stuff, yeah. really. And it, it's wonderful to be able to be in a position to be able to give things away because mm. when when we moved to the UK, there was no resource to get free items that we knew of. And so we were buying bits and pieces. Now, granted, when we were in the UK, things houses come furnished or places to rent come furnished but you still have a few bits and pieces to buy and when I came here as a backpacker like unless you lived in a hostel you literally moved into an apartment or a place to live that was completely unfurnished and um, you will remember the first place I lived in it was (laughs) it kind of had prison cell vibes because I had so little in it Uh, so you're you know it's not really it's 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 comfortable to the extent that it serves your needs, but it doesn't necessarily have that homely vibe. And so yeah. it's lovely now, all these years later, to be able to, I guess, pay it forward to a certain extent and mm. to hope that the people who receive the items that they're getting are are just going to take joy from them. Because that's really what you want. You want it to be useful and you want it to be something that people will enjoy and maybe will go, oh, thanks, guys, as they use whatever they've been given and will remember us in a positive way, hopefully. Well, it is about putting good karma out there, I think. Absolutely. Put out what you get and things will come back to you. Absolutely. And that's something that uh, we've been certainly focusing on a lot and thinking about if you put good stuff out, you get good stuff back. Mm. And and that's proven itself many, many times in, in this whole process that by, you know, trying to send out some good vibes into the world, good vibes have been returning to us and please God that will continue. But um. Yeah, we don't have much left in the house, probably stuff that's just to go to storage and then we'll be ready to hand over the keys to the new tenants in a couple of days. So it's it's going pretty well. Yeah, we literally have one day left to finalise all the storage items and uh, you have one day left of work. So you'll be mm-hmm. working tomorrow during the day and I'll have the opportunity to do a last few bits and pieces because I finished my job on Friday. Yeah, and it was really it was a bit emotional for you, wasn't it? It was. It was emotional. But I have to say what was interesting about it was I felt that by the time Friday came, I was feeling uplifted. 
at, you know, at each day in the week, the emotion sort of came and went and, and it was a bit of a rise and fall. But by Friday, it was just, it was very nurturing or something. I was just getting all of this love from all these different people in my workplace and, and my students. And I just felt really supported. And I also felt very empowered by the fact that they were like, this is the, you know, this is the right move. You have to go be with your family. You have to go back to your home country. So by Friday, everybody was sort of on side with this plan. The students who were a little bit, you know, wobbly were still a tiny bit wobbly, but they they got it. So I kind of felt that as I was going, it was it was OK to go. And everybody had had enough time to kind of consider what it would be like for things to be different. Other people were unfortunately quite quite emotional. I came back uh, to my desk at recess and two of my colleagues were just at their desk crying. And I was like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. And um, so, yeah, there were there were moments like that. But it was a, it was a truly beautiful week. It was one of the most memorable weeks I've ever had in my life because every mm-hmm. day there were just lovely conversations and lovely moments. And, you know, students literally coming up and saying, I just want to tell you this before you go and, you know, remember this time and, you know, I'm sorry that you won't be here for this bit, but, you know, I just want to tell you this now. And it was quite, it was quite interesting because every time as I walked down the corridor across the yard, somebody would yell something out, you know, over to me. And there was one particular student who every time she saw me the entire week, she just was like, I love you, Miss. And it was, I was like, you know, it was, a, it was a bit overwhelming at times because I was just like, OK, thank you. I love you. OK, I'm going to go off to my class now. So but it was it was beautiful. And on Friday uh, after work, I just had a bit of a hangout with my colleagues and you came as well, which was wonderful. And we just had mm. a couple of hours together to to just have have the crack and spend some time. And uh, one of my colleagues earlier in the week, uh, I had said, are you going to come on Friday night? And he said, oh, yeah, to your wake. <laughs> I was like, it actually did feel the whole week like it was awake because people were saying all these lovely things that they normally wouldn't say because they don't feel the need to say them. But when you're leaving, there for some reason, people feel like, oh, I better say this now because the chance may not come around again. And it did feel like awake. It felt like the kinds of things people would say <laughs> when somebody unfortunately has died. So it was, yeah, it was quite interesting. And I did tell that person at work, I was like, you know, when... People went to America during the famine. They used to have uh, an American wake and that was literally to have their wake while they were still alive because when they went to America, they were never going to come back. And it was it was the way of the people in the locality saying goodbye to that particular person, knowing that they wouldn't see them again. So um, he didn't realise it, but he was actually touching on a very ancient Irish tradition. Indeed. But it was good to hang out at the pub with your teaching colleagues, yeah. ex-colleagues, yeah. whatever you call them. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they all had brilliant things to say about you, I'm not surprised because you are a brilliant teacher. You, you tell me a lot of stories all the time about the stuff that you experience. Some of it's bad, some of it's good. For the most part, I think you hearing things like that about mm. you having a positive experience on the students and the teachers, it just when it's the time for people to say them, it's just the right moment. Yeah, it was it was lovely. It's it nice was to hear. So nice. And I got beautiful cards and oh my gosh, so many gifts. Jeez Louise, my students really I was just like, Your students, how how can you afford to do this? Mm. I had six students carry all the gifts that I got 
back to my desk because I couldn't carry them by myself. It was it was wonderful and it was absolutely insane. But they bought beautiful things like eye mask for the plane and fluffy blanket for the plane and crossword book. And they were very much thinking of the journey, which was so kind. And then when we hung out together on Friday, we were just chatting about all kinds of everything. Like it wasn't necessarily about our move, but it was just about, you know, our connections, I guess. And it was great that you were able to be there as well because my colleagues know you so well. So it was lovely. It was a really, yeah, it was just a really beautiful evening and a lovely way to finish the chapter as it stands at the moment. Mm. Yeah, but I was very fortunate as well. Like I've got, I've got a day of work to go, but in the last couple of days, I've made some communications out to the people that work in my department. And um, a lot of them have come back with messages similar to that. So maybe we share that a little bit that the stuff that we do kind of impacts people's lives a bit more than we expect. Well, I read those messages that you received and they were incredible. They were they were literally innumerable. They just kept coming and they were mm. saying really specific, you know, it wasn't like you do a great job. Like it was very specific feedback that was very much catering how you cater to their needs and how much they appreciated it. And like this time you did this, Matt, thank you so much. And I've learned this from you. And it's wonderful because people really took the time to put the information down in a way that showed that they really deeply cared about you as a person and then about you as a colleague as well, which is gorgeous. Yeah. And I loved reading it. It was really nice to see the fact that I shared the the podcast on one of those posts as well. Hopefully means those lovely people are listening to this episode as well. Yeah, they were just and they were they were so effusive in their joy at that the two of us were going, which was mm. lovely and they they were including me in the well wishes, which I was like, oh, my gosh, they know my name. This is amazing. So, yeah. yeah, it was it was really, truly lovely. And it was and it was people from across the state. It wasn't necessarily people just from the city. So which was amazing as well. It goes to show how far the reach is that you've had. Well, it's the great thing about being able to connect digitally mm. across the pandemic ridden divide that <laughs> kind of connects people in a way that you didn't expect. I have I've been out across Victoria as part of my job to deliver training and stuff. So mm. I would have met with a few people, but yeah, it was just, yeah, the messages that they said was the stuff that I tried to do, kind of cut through the noise and talk about the things that they really need. One day we might talk about artificial intelligence on this podcast, <laughs> but you know, the cool stuff like that. Yeah. Not just how you process a document with Word. Yeah. Or how you like set an out of office on your email or something like that. Yeah, that's it. It's really good. Well done, Matt. That was it was a and it was lovely for you to actually get that acknowledgement in that in that very black and white way. Like it's nice to have those messages written down so you can go back to them again in future when somebody mm. says something, you know, unless you really remember it or you write it down, it's gone. So it's lovely to have those. But we've both got that. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Very, very I think true. We're both the same in that respect. That's yeah. Well, I think it's that recognition that you maybe don't know about until you make this move and then you realize like it's often when you leave a job that this comes up and it's not that we are leaving our jobs but just it's nice to to get this before we go and to kind of take it with us as well to give us a bit of confidence in our next workplaces please god um mm. yeah and it's always just a nice thing to hear nice things about yourself i think yeah yeah why not really good <laughs> and then last night we had another big night so we had a sort of a a school farewell on Friday. And then last night we had our farewell for our closest and nearest and dearest friends. So it was, and that was a really fun night. It was really, really good. Yeah. It kind of harkened back to 
when we had our engagement party and we'd often frequent this location for particular events like that just to bring a lot of people together and yeah people had a great time and we got to talk with quite a few people see them before we go it was great fun it was really good fun and the the lovely thing about it was that it's uh, disparate groups but and some of them have met before but some of them haven't and they were mixing and mingling and chatting and it's lovely looking around a room at your friends becoming friends with each other or at least becoming more than just passing acquaintances with each other and and realizing that you know there's it's possible to make connections across the world like some of the friends mm. that we had there last night we haven't known for terribly long like a year or a little bit less than 2 years and then some especially your boys you've known since your school days which is gorgeous and obviously your cousin you've known since birth <laughs> so that's yeah. all, that always well, that's a very long relationship since his birth anyway. since his birth yeah, yeah because you are older and i mean i'm going to put it out there potentially wise or potentially only potentially has to come with the territory has to has to yeah yeah well he certainly looks up to you and that's not just because you're taller <laughs> yeah it's usually because i'm taller <laughs> But no, it was a wonderful night. And again, we got to have those kind of very rich conversations and, you know, and just have have lovely chats. And there were a few, a few tears, a few people got a bit teary, but yeah. it was very much it was like it was it was very heartfelt. It was very. Yeah, it was just those like soul connections that you make with people and, and just the realization that obviously when when you move this far away from people that just you can obviously keep up the relationship, but it's it's not going to be popping down the road for a cup of tea or getting to see each other in a work day and those kinds of things anymore. It's probably, well, I hope it's clear, but we're talking a lot about these things because they are very important to us, I think. Yeah, talking about connecting with people, making sure that you maintain those connections, but more importantly, make your sentiments known before you go. Because it's very easy to get swept up in the in the logistics and mm. making sure everything gets ticked off and organized on one end or the other and all that kind of thing. So I think what we're saying is is very much for us and those who were part of those events listening to this episode now, I think. But yeah, it is really important to do that stuff. And it's really important because the to-do list can become your life. And, you know, even earlier we went out for brunch with Yasmin and she was like, are you sure? Do you have time? And we were like, of course we have time because this relationship matters too much to us to not take an hour or two out to spend it with you because we won't get to do it very often anymore, you know, for the next year at least. And we're not looking at our phones and we're not thinking about what comes next. We're actually here. And, mm. and, and that's, I think, something that we've really been trying to do a lot in these pockets of time with people, very much living, my friend Catherine's phrase, now is all we have. So we're making now really count when we're sitting down with people and we're having a cup of tea we're focused fully on them and on the conversation and relationship that we have because it's, it's you know, you could get wound up in the stress, but I think certainly for me, and I don't know if that's, if it's something that you are thinking about as well, Matt, I know in the lead up to our wedding, I was a stress monster. That wasn't just because of the wedding. There was a lot going on at that time as well. But mm. in preparation for this move, I was like, I'm not allowing that to be the way I have to have learned something from that process. So therefore, a couple of years on from our wedding, I want to make sure that that's not how this process is treated. And I think by and large, we've done really well with that, like just being very kind of measured and calm and, and just trying to, to keep things simple and and recognizing that, yeah, OK, there's going to be hiccups, but it doesn't necessarily mean that 
uh, you can't overcome it. Or if you just take a step back, take a deep breath, there's another alternative that we can find, hopefully. Mm. Well, we've had the luxury of time there as well. Very true. Lots of meticulous planning, everything working in place. It's a good thing. It's a really, really good thing. It's a really, really good thing. Last week, last Sunday, we recorded our episode and, you know, we had a lovely evening. We'd had the farewell party. We'd had a bit of a farewell for your granddad, even though your parents were very much like, no, this is focused on you. And we were like, well, we, we have to acknowledge Keith as well in this moment. Mm. And, you know, we were a bit emotional or whatever. Both got into bed. We were like, yeah, looking forward to a good night's sleep. You were still awake. I was woken. You're like, Bernadine, there's an earthquake. We have to get up. I was like, sorry, what? I was asleep about 45 minutes. I was like, what? And you were like, I, I got a, I got a notification on my phone. I got an earthquake alert. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So after the recording of the last episode, I think it was a 3.8. Yeah, you're Richter, right. It was a 3.8. Yeah. Richter tremor yeah. That, that ran through Melbourne from sunshine. If that's any way to triangulate where we might be, <laughs> but we did feel it. Um, yeah, I was kind of, I did the same thing as, as I did during the, the first earthquake that we, that we felt in this place, which was happening during the day actually. And I think it ended up being an eight or nine. Oh, it was massive. Was that a, was way big. Yeah. And it went yeah. on for so long. We had like a full conversation and it was still going. Yeah. It was mm. a couple of years ago, that one. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was on a team's call for work. I remember. <laughs> and everyone kind of stopped for a bit and I just jumped off the call and I ran downstairs to to make sure stuff wasn't falling off onto the ground and stuff. So yeah. this one wasn't nearly that bad, no. but I kind of did the same thing where if we had to hightail it out somehow or be ready for something to happen, then you had to be awake for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I had to be awake for it. It was, yeah, it was, and it was quite bizarre. And then it sort of seemed to ease off and I was like, okay, all right, I'm getting back into bed. I'm going to have another sleep. And surprisingly, I did get back off to sleep now. My sleep is still shockingly bad, um, but at least I am sleeping. I'm just waking up at a ridiculous hour and not being able to get back to sleep, but that's okay. But yeah, the earthquake was was just, uh, it was just an, an added zestiness to our life on that particular day. It was like, sure, grand, this is what happens. And my sister-in-law did say that, you know, Melbourne was... Sorry to lose us. It was shaking, <laughs> shaking its foundations <laughs> at the thoughts of our loss. It was like, oh, thank you for that. That's a lovely thing to say. But yeah, so it, yeah, there's been a lot going on this week, as there has been every week. But that was a particularly added extra that we weren't expecting. Melbourne likes to keep things interesting. You never can predict Melbourne weather. Oh, God, I, no. I guess that's an important thing for anyone looking to move to Australia. You don't escape all types of weather. That includes earthquakes. Yeah. Exactly. I literally was like, I, I felt the earth, earth move under my feet. But thankfully the sky didn't tumble down. It just was the earth moving under our feet. But thanks be to God, everybody and everything seemed to be okay. And uh, even though it was an interesting one, uh, it wasn't damaging from what we know. Peace God. So something important for you car owners to know as well. If you're going to get rid of your car at some point, then there's a couple of things that you need to tick off. Fortunately for me, I've had to go through that process myself. Now, I, I've i got an old car from about 1998. Classic. Yeah, it's a- It was a good year. Classic <laughs> daily driver, A to B, great petrol mileage on that one. Um, but we obviously need to get rid of it because we can't just have it sit idle for a year. 
there's costs like having the registration and the insurance on the car and you know you don't, don't know what's going to happen to it unless you put it in storage and then that's an extra cost as well so with this particular car i opted to find a home for it it could sell it it'd be great but i didn't expect to be able to to sell it for a great deal of money anyway so fortunately funnily enough through uh, David, the host of Auto Retro, definitely go listen. <laughs> Found out someone who was an old high school friend who was looking for a vehicle. And so I offered it to her to pay for the roadworthy and the transfer fees and all that kind of stuff to cover what it would cost to get it to her. And that's about it. So last week, or this week rather, the week just passed, uh, I got the roadworthy done on it. And the roadworthy is something that you need to have before you can transfer your vehicle to someone else. And that roadworthy comes at a cost and it requires a bunch of stuff to be in place with the car. So you can't just sell a wreck of a thing to someone and have the registration for that pass to someone else. You need to take it to a mechanic that can offer a roadworthy certificate, certification, whatever it is. Make sure you've got that when you when you transfer the vehicle. So I got that done. Fortunately, I just needed some new tires on the car and now it's ready to transfer to its new home in probably a couple of days, maybe a day before we fly out. Which is awesome to have it right until the end, like really right until we don't need it anymore. It's just wonderful. Yeah, I think well, we got really lucky on that one because we were thinking about it, I think a few months ago, where the car would go and whether we would be able to sell it or whatever it would be. And then this situation popped up. You know, charitable giving again, just making sure that the, the car is useful to somebody and they can get, get some good mileage out of it. Yeah, and it, and it's a situation where somebody is in need of something, and it's possible to give that thing, and and yeah. which is excellent position to be in. And we have very often been given things in a similar way. Like when we moved into our first apartment, we basically had to buy next to no furniture because family members were just coming out of the woodwork to give us things, and we still yeah. have so many of those items. And it's lovely now to be able to pay it forward to other people in a similar way. Maybe not the same items, but something something similar to do for them. And then they'll pay it forward in the future and it just moves outwards, which is lovely. But yeah, the car the car getting carried off to, to someone else, just if, if you're thinking of doing that yourself in Australia and you've got a car that's registered to you, just make sure that you set yourself enough time to get that roadworthy, which will only be valid for about 30 days. and Make sure that the car is in a, in a decent enough condition before you get to the roadworthy stage, mm -hmm. just in case it needs some extra stuff and it might come at a greater cost yeah. than you expect it to be. Yeah, you don't want the value of the car to be less than the price that you have to pay to get all the bits and pieces done to it. You know, you kind of have to weigh those up against each other as well, don't you? Yeah, but you can't always predict what it will be as well. Like particularly with the car I had, market price, it would probably be two and a half grand. Mm -hmm. And it's entirely possible that it would just be a, a box with a bunch of stuff in it. And mm. the stuff that's inside could be broken enough that it does cost that much to make it roadworthy. So having a, a mechanic that you trust to be able to do that is a, is a really important thing too. And I really don't mind shouting out Pierre Collet Motors in Burwood. They're a, a great place to get your car stuff done. Yeah, and you've you've trusted them for a very long time and they are worth that trust, clearly, because they do a brilliant job. Yeah, they do an excellent job. Nick's a great bloke to talk to as well. Oh, that's always good. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that it was Nick that we should be speaking to, but there you go. It's good to have that. 
And we also did something quite exciting in the last couple of days, Matthew. Yeah, so it turns out when we, well, I mean, we've, we've flown a lot and we've often gone through a travel agent to purchase our flights, which we didn't do this time just because we wanted to cut out some of the middleman stuff that we've had to, to deal with before. And also it's a one way, so it makes it a bit more straightforward. It does. Unfortunately, for those of you that want to ask straight away, no, there was no benefit to booking a, a one way as opposed to a return. No. In this environment, it's it costs pretty much the same and it is expensive it's pricey. to do, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. But lucky for us, there was an offer that came in because we bought directly from the airline and they offered to for us to upgrade to business class on the second leg, which admittedly would only be one third of the journey. And yeah, it was a fairly nominal fee. So we figured we'd just go for it and light the candle. Light that fucking candle. And who knows, Matthew, when you're in business class, you might even get a candle. You might even Not get that. a real candle. No, we don't get real candles. We might. We get. We might even <laughs> get, Matthew, we might even get a real candle. Yeah, everybody light your candles. <laughs> so we get candles in a highly oxygenated environment. <laughs> Oh, in yeah. a tube yeah, flying yeah. No, that's actually an excellent point. Yeah, no, we definitely shouldn't have a lit candle. But maybe we get like a little battery operated one or something like that just to add to the ambiance. I think they do include an LED candle with a lot of the meals that they get. That would so. be, that would be quite nice. Yeah, so we're going to fly business for the first time ever. ever. And we have yeah. been told by multiple people that it will ruin us and we will never, ever want to travel any other way again. And we're like, you know what? We lit the fucking candle. We're just doing it. Why not? And it was really because of you. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have jumped on it, but you were like, no, I think we need to. And now that we have, I'm like, yes, what a brilliant idea. Well done, Matthew. So I'm really glad that you were like, no, 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 I think we need to consider this. And also, as soon as your dad found out about it, he was like, hey, yeah, absolutely, that has to happen. <laughs> well, it wasn't just him. It was anybody I talked to. I, I brought it up and some of them would share that they'd flown business and first class in a lot of airlines and this particular one was a good one. Yeah. Or that if you have that chance and it's that cheap, you should just go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Taking was, chances when we can. Yeah. But we are fortunate enough that we don't have to worry about money so much that we can spend a little bit to make our journey a little bit more relaxing. And I suppose the other way that we're thinking about it as well is that, you know, we have pushed, 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 pushed the last few months. Like we really haven't sort of taken our foot off the pedal really in all the work that we've been doing and then in all the preparations for this. So that's kind of like a little treat towards the end of this time of pushing. It's a push present, Matthew. It's not just women who give birth who get push presents, by the way. It's women and men who push to get ready to move across the world. That's right, I said it. You have to deal with it. It's a push present to ourselves. Usually with men, you get a different kind of push present, <laughs> but it's not one that you want. <laughs> Is it a push pop? Push a push flavor. Something push might a pop. Push pop. Save some for later. If something's popping, then I think there's something that's gone wrong there. Something's gone wrong. Maybe somebody lit the f candle on the in the pressurized container and they shouldn't have had. Yeah. But speaking of uh, lighting candles, it's something that I've actually been thinking about a lot recently because obviously in preparation for heading for my home, I've been thinking a lot about my family and their excitement is growing by the day and I'm getting lovely messages from obviously from my parents, but also from my brother and my sister-in-law and um, aunties and cousins. 
Um, but I've been thinking about the fact that for the 13 years that I've been away every single day, my parents have lit a candle in the back window. And that is to, to, to keep me safe and to light the way back home. And I've been thinking about it a lot and just thinking about how they're lighting the way back home for us now. And it's not just to light the fucking candle to live your life, but also to have that candle lit to welcome you back. Mm. And I've so appreciated that any time that, you know, there's a problem or there's a question or there's something that is on my mind and I tell my parents and my mom will always say, don't worry, I'll put it in the candle, Bernadine. And she'll light the candle and she'll think about the things that we're worried about and she'll ask for help for us for it. And, and my dad will do the same. And so I was thinking about how lighting the candle works on many different levels, but how it's literally going to be the light that beckons us home and that welcomes us back to Ireland, hopefully. And yeah, and I feel very fortunate that I have parents that have, I guess, never given up hope that this day would come. Mm. But they've also been so supportive of us living our life wherever we want to do it. And any time that they've come to visit, they've always said, look, at, we just want you to be happy wherever you are and we want you to be fulfilled in your life wherever you are. And they're always so happy that no matter where I am, I'm with you. That's a huge part of their happiness because they adore you, as does everybody in my family. But it's also that uh, recognition of as they welcome us to my home country, there's a lot of people that are feeling sad that you're leaving your home country. And mm. so there's a light beckoning us in one direction, but there's also a group of people that will be sad on this side that you're not going to be around in your home country. For a while. But look, they'll be lighting their own candles in their own way as well. This is true. But that's always been a thing with your family too. Like even when I'm there, we'll go to the local church and we'll light candles for people and we do it in Dublin as well. That's true. We go to our favourite church in the city centre in Dublin and we do that every time we go home. Yeah. I think that's a really nice thing. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a very kind of old tradition, it's usually something you would do with your grandparents when you're quite little. Like I remember my granny used to always, we always had to light candles in the church whenever we, whenever we were there. And of course, as a child, you just think, oh my gosh, this is awesome. We're getting to do something dangerous. Um, but you realise over time that it's, that it's a tradition and it's a connection. And, you know, my grandparents on both sides, well, my granddad was from Scotland. So he, he was away from his home for the majority of his life, just like your granddad was. Mm. But they, there was a great tradition of people in their families being in far-flung places. And so all my grandparents were always lighting candles for those that were far away. And it's just a lovely symbol of living your life the way you want to live it, to light the f candle. But it's also a lovely symbol of, of bringing light and bringing somebody, bringing somebody back and showing them the way to get there, which is, which is gorgeous. But I wasn't, I wasn't hyper aware of, of that as uh, something they did very often. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah, it's lovely. And I remember there'd be a few times that 
I'll be on the phone with my mom and she said, oh, oh, oh the Bernadine, Bernadine, the candle's gone out, the candle's gone out, just give me a second and she'd replace with another one. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like it couldn't be unlit and like they leave it lit overnight and everything just to make sure that it's, that it, and like it's obviously very, very safe where it's put yeah. and, you know, there's never any danger that it's going to, to, to overflow or anything like that. But yeah, I, I've been thinking about it a lot this past week and it's actually something that I spoke to my students and whenever they hear that story they get really tearful because they just think it's such a lovely thing for for 13 years to just keep a candle lit constantly and whenever my parents you know went away for a couple of days or anything the candle was brought with them or candles were brought with them to light no matter where they are so thank you mum and dad I love you can't wait to see you not too far away but maybe just to make sure maybe everybody in Ireland can light a candle for us as well if we, because we're flying in quite early in the morning, so it could potentially still be dark. We might see a lot of little candle flames all across Ireland as yeah. we as we arrive in. How cool would that be? Maybe don't roll up to the airport and light a bunch of no, tea lights. Let's probs not. Just stay in bed. It's okay. Have a sleep. nice sleep. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you in good time. We'll be sleeping in business class, guys. That's a whole different type of sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, well let's hope, Jesus, if my sleep ever gets back to normal again. But please, God, it will. I'm hoping it will. But another thing that I've been thinking about this week and in the conversations that we've had with all of the different people that we've been speaking to, workmates, friends, family members, something that we have spoken about numerous times since we began this whole process is this idea that the the journey to my home country and the move, it's not necessarily going to give us a better life. It's not necessarily going to give us a worse life. It's just going to give us a different life. And that's the realization that you have to make, I think, is that you're not trying to weigh the two the two worlds up against each other uh, as much as possible. I mean, you're naturally going to do a certain amount of that, but you're not trying to make the same jigsaw piece fit into the same part of the puzzle because it's an entirely different jigsaw and it's an entirely different piece that needs to fit in. And it's that realization that you can have many lives in many parts of the world and many different versions of yourself in those lives. But the way that we have to look at these, this next stage is that it's going to be a different life. And also for me personally, I feel like I have to approach living in Ireland almost like I've never lived there before because the Ireland that I knew has changed dramatically in a wonderful way, but in other ways that maybe not aren't as wonderful. But I do feel Ireland has become like a very different country in terms of its progressive qualities, which is fabulous. But yeah, that smartphones exist now. I know. Electricity, Matt, like incredible. Well, I literally had a student ask me once if we had fridges in Ireland, like in (laughs) modern Ireland. I was like, yeah. And then I had another student say, are the houses like toadstools? I was like, you do realize that it's not the land of the leprechauns, like they don't really exist. So it's quite interesting, the perceptions of Ireland as a country that exist out in the world. But yeah, I think just treating Ireland like a brand new country, like to have the same approach to moving there as I did to moving here, like just being open and wide eyed and like, oh, my gosh, where, you know, what can we see that we haven't seen before? And I think that's going to be what I have to do in order to to not make those comparisons continuously, because it's not necessarily a better life and not necessarily a worse life. It's just a different life. Well, it's going to be the same for me too. We've got our experience from London as well. The idea that we were trying to do, live a life there and 
didn't quite work out. But, you know, at the time we weren't really, we weren't invested in it, but we realized pretty quickly that it didn't feel right for Mm. us. So coming to Australia, which was technically new for us together as well. Mm, That's very true. We were still doing some new stuff. But going to to Ireland and experiencing a a different life, that's going to be something that I'll be looking at as well. Literally in a place where I've never lived. So, yeah, we'll we'll just have to make sure we do that one together and share a bunch of stories and, yeah. And we know or we have a very strong idea of where we're going to live because it looks like I's being dotted and T's being crossed, that I have a job lined up. Mm -hmm. And so the location where this job is, is a location that neither of us have ever lived in before in Ireland. And I think that's awesome. It's really nice to do something brand new that's new for both of us. And that's, yeah, that's just a chance to explore and to create a new community around us in a a completely different place. So I'm very grateful to have had the chance to do some online interviews in the past couple of weeks. And I feel extremely fortunate that a school was keen to get me on board and all going well, please God, it'll be where I'll be doing some work. Well, you definitely will. I think they were pretty keen to have you and you were pretty keen to have oh, them. so keen. As well. Yeah, so keen. So yeah, I'm, I do feel very glad that all of that came together. But that has obviously added to the levels of up and down stress in the past couple of weeks, just getting all of that lined up as well. But it's good stress. It's very good stress. Well, at the same time, it means that we know where we're going to live now. True. Because yeah. we weren't 100% sure because neither of us had, had gotten jobs in that place. We were just kind of aiming for it. Whereas now we know that will be the place that we live. So it makes my life a bit easier or true. harder, depending on <laughs> yeah, well, what kind of way. jobs are around. This is true. At the very least, that that gives us some security and knowledge of where we're going to be, at the very least, in a, in a couple of months of getting there. Yeah, and a compass point to kind of work towards. Yep. Um, we are very lucky that we have a couple of people in the vicinity of that area who are just like jumping up and down with excitement to think that we're coming and are, and are also saying, oh, I'm going to get in touch with this person for you. Oh, I'm going to look at this thing for you. And yeah, people are just so good, so good and so kind. So, which is wonderful. Yeah. And another thing that I've been thinking about a lot in the past couple of days is uh, for my leaving cert, I studied a play called Philadelphia, Here I Come. and the young man in that play was about to move to Philadelphia and move away from his dad who ran a family business and he wasn't going to be able to run the family business. And it was one of those kind of heart in two halves. And it's all set in one one day, the, the day before he goes. He says it's all over and then he says it's all about to begin. It's all over. It's all about to begin. And that's what I've been thinking to myself. It's not all over, but there is this feeling of a chapter the pages of this chapter are being turned and then the, the book will be closed and then a brand new book will be opened and pages will be written as we get to the far side. So I guess this week we're asking people to... It's all over. It's all about to begin. There you go. That, that's our mantra for this episode. Yes. Lighting candles and finding out where it ends and begins. Exactly. Hmm. And this is more than likely our last episode that we'll be recording in our home. Well, I certainly hope so, because if enough happens in the next couple of days that we have to record <laughs> an episode, then we may not be happy about it. But no, that's true. All, all things being on track. Podcasts may not sound the same in the next couple, but uh, we've got a few things planned to to take you on 
our journey flying across from Australia to, to Ireland. So keep an ear out for that and hopefully you'll enjoy it. Stay tuned. Mm. It's all over. It's all about to begin. And with that, I've been Matt. And I've been Bernadine. Light the candle and begin again. Begin again. Slauncha. Slauncha. Take care, everyone. Mm.